You're listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening, this is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. Last week I had the flu and was unable to have my show, so I'm back this week and all is well. So to continue on, my goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. I'm pre-recording tonight, so I will not you will not be able to call in. Um, I took my Christmas break, or my, sorry, not my Christmas break, but my New Year's break um, last week, and I went to Salt Lake. It was pretty fun. I'm going to have my show, but that didn't happen because I became very ill. Maybe too much having too much fun on here. Who knows? Okay. If you're listening tonight and would like to get in touch with me, email me at shereencwr at gmail.com. Let me spell that out for you. S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever you'd like to talk to me about, that'd be, you're more than welcome to use that email for that purpose. I would like to remind everyone that our show is every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, and 8 p.m. Central. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want direct links to those services, you may go to the CWR homepage on that website cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service if at any time you experience a trigger by this topic please call the national hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE 1-800-799-7233 this topic actually probably shouldn't uh, require um, too much triggering but you never know so right now we're going to go to a public service announcement we'll be right back Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. We're going to talk to Carolyn today. Carolyn is a single mom, and she's single. (laughs) Double. Okay, she also has three children. The youngest is two. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Carolyn. Um, she has a bachelor's degree in political science and works hard all day long, every day. She is the president of my nonprofit, Saving Abuse and Violence Victims Through Education, and we are feverishly working on our next conference, which we will be talking about towards the end of the show. Carolyn is going to share her experiences of sisterhood that helped in the healing journey um, with her ex's ex. Um, she developed a strong relationship with her abuser's ex, and they have a lot in common, the abuser for one, and that was a good start. And um, so, Carolyn, tell us a little bit about uh, your sisterhood, your relationship with your ex's, uh, your abuser's ex. 
Right. Well, first of all, when I met my abuser, the first things he told me were, she's crazy, she's bipolar, (laughs) she would back me into a corner and scream at me, and she's unstable. She's the reason for the divorce. She's the reason, you know, for a long time, I believed him. And so I married him without actually having a conversation with his ex, his first wife. And I said, okay, well, if she's crazy and if you're amazing, then we're going to be all right. We're going to have our little family. She'll be over there with her two kids and, you know, I'll help you any way I can raising your kids from her. And then, you know, my own two kids came along during this duration and it wasn't until I outright saw him a abused her children while I was the court-appointed supervisor that I was stuck in an ethical dilemma. And when I knew that he had crossed the line, uh, my ethical dilemma was, well, do I have you know loyalty to my husband or am I legally obligated to report unacceptable behavior to the children's attorney? And so I, I, it really was a very painful decision for me I loved my husband or who I thought he was anyway because at that time I hadn't yet accepted the truth for, for what it was as, as an abuser. And I still thought there was hope for reconciliation. And so it was a very difficult decision, and I, I had to make the decision to call the children's attorney and explain the situation and why I was concerned. And the children's attorney said, yep, that's definitely abuse. She called an ex parte hearing, an immediate order for a change in custody, and um, it ended up, you know, becoming this huge legal issue. And I did that totally without any contact from the first wife at all because I knew it had crossed the line in acceptable behavior towards children. And so after that, he calls me up and his parents, you know, of course, because they baby him and rescue him from any legal mishaps and whatnot, and they fund his legal tirades. And they said to me, you don't know what you've just done. You've caused a divorce. You, you, you. And it was all as if I had caused the divorce by um, explaining the situation to the legal party, and they did not take accountability for the situation of why they ha- uh, why he had treated his son so badly, and um, I, I it was at that point that was a turning point for me actually leaving. I felt tons of fear all the time, and then after I left him, she reached out to me and she goes, "Are you okay?" And I said, wow. what the heck just happened? I And she goes, I know, I understand. Uh, you know, he built me up on a pedestal and then ripped everything out from under me, demean, devaluing, and destroying. His intent was to destroy her and her whole family by their reputation, by her career, by accusing mm. her brothers and her dad of sexual molesting her boys when, in fact, the mm. perpetrator was, lo and behold, my ex. And, and that's usually so, who it is. They're projecting to someone else. So look at them, look at them. This is what they're doing when they're actually doing it themselves. Yeah, that's bad. And so I, she, over time, we began to trust each other more, and we realized that neither of us ever wanted anything to do with him, and we started 
you know, talking to each other about specific situations. And she said, oh, I went through something similar a few years ago. And I said, that's exactly what I went through just now. And it was as if history was repeating itself, but just with me. And it's serious. It it sounds cliche, you know, history repeating itself. But that's exactly what happened in our relationship with the same person. And, you know, we're just – so it took time to build that trust, and then we started – you know, wanting to know how each other is and if our kids could still see each other through Skype because I had to move over 1,600 miles away and we still try to keep the children in a relationship so they can, anyway. So um, we we just, she's been an amazing support and emotionally and um, every other way as I've had to go through this ongoing ridiculous amount of court litigation that comes when you're dealing with um, these types of accusations. It gets awful. And then there's also tons and tons of paperwork. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of pages of paperwork submitted to court, submitted to police, submitted to child services agencies. And I mean, my stack of litigation at this point is, is obscene. And it's just, and unfortunately, in this kind of a relationship, there doesn't seem to be any other way except for intervention from um, legal sources that are set in place to determine, you know, someone else's lives. If they're incapable of managing their own lives, then we require outside intervention, and unfortunately, that's what was required in this relationship. And she understands, and um, she did so she have to have the, the same topic, thing, and did she help you get through that? So, yes. So she had years and years of litigation against him, and finally the end result was that she ended up with full custody, and he had supervised visitation only, and um, for a while he petered off, and then to my knowledge he hasn't continued to exercise visitation you know, with them, it was all about power and control and, you know, sticking it to her. And now that he can't anymore, he's lost interest and, you know, but, um, so she also went through, you know, hundreds and hundreds of paperwork submitted to the courts. And after, over time, she actually started showing me some of her statements and declarations and dates and times of events. And I mean, it was, so eye-opening to see the full picture and that's why I always always say please if you're in a relationship with someone who says she's crazy she's bipolar she's unstable she's the reason for the divorce talk to her get her side of the story get his side of the story and then decide you know what and then go forward knowing I didn't I didn't talk to her initially and it's one of the biggest regrets that I have yeah, and you mean before the relationship or, you know, when your the relationship with him is developing? Is that what you're talking about? So before before the committed point, before you jump into marriage or living right. together, if you're going to go that route. But I um, I wanted a marriage, and he, he and I, you know, got married quickly after knowing each other over a short amount of time, and it was too fast. And I, I wish I had um, been more thoughtful 
about Mm -hmm. who I was committing myself to because for me when I made that commitment to marriage it was for life it was for eternity even and it wasn't the same for him it wasn't the same level of commitment he it was a flippant throwaway thing for him and as soon as it became inconvenient he was looking for ways to discharge his relationship to me and so that sisterhood became so so valuable yeah, that sisterhood because uh, there were times when I was still an emotional wreck and I because I wasn't you know having to deal with all of the um, stress of that many pressures and she would listen and I almost like therapy you know she she understood yeah. and she was always objective yeah. and she she gave insightful advice from time to time and we just developed a friendship and it was amazing and there's a lot of um... Uh, there's a, a lot of studies on uh, peer support um, that that's very, very helpful during domestic violence situations or following. Um, so she helped you when you were um, separated, right? And said, hey, this is what I did. Maybe it'll help you or I, I should have done this better. Did she do anything like that? Well, no, we weren't necessarily, you know, the word is colluding. We weren't colluding or trying to destroy his life at all we were just um she she reached and out was initially a- and says well how are you and I and then it yeah. took time for us to build up that trust and then um so yeah it, it kind of developed you know over time it's been quite a few years my divorce to him is final it's been final for a couple of years and hers hers has been final for for ages it's just that the residual effects of the abuse still have to be worked through and the emotional experience uh, when a human goes through the full range of human emotion yeah. um, absolutely has to be worked through. And so I would say it's crazy. I would say it's crazy not to have that emotional support from a peer group like that. Um, you need it. You need, And if you, if you don't have it from your mom or your sisters, you've got to find a friend who's been through this, who's been through something similar, who, who's been, you know, thrown down the stairs or who's been um, furniture smashed on them and whatever else this escalates to because of twisted power and control and then enforcement through bodily injury, you need someone who understands what those experiences are and who can walk with you. I mean, I'm speaking to, you know, cases that I know of, not, not necessarily this particular situation. However, Anyway, I have so much to say now that we've opened the floodgates. I'm sorry, Shereen. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. No, you're good. <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, whatever you want is fine. Um, you uh, I just wanted you to talk about the sisterhood that you have with her because I know it's tight. Um, I wasn't t- talking about colluding per se, and but I was saying, you know, maybe paperwork. This is how she collected it, or this is what she looked for or anything, you know, how sisters work together um, at trying to help you not reinvent the wheel when you're going through a divorce and stuff like that. But Absolutely. You went, and you went through far worse than a divorce, Carolyn. I, I mean, I've known you for about five years, six years. And I mean, the you poor thing, you've been in court the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still oh. ongoing. We're in criminal trial at this point. Um, because he refuses to comply with court orders, even court orders that he agrees to. He never. He, it's because he's still, 
you know, doing twisted power and control and wants right. to leave me hanging, never knowing what to expect and when. I wonder when he'll tire of the game. But the reality is that you can't blatantly ignore court orders. If there's an existing court order, it has to be followed, or you can go back to court and have the judge hold you in contempt of court. He's been found guilty of contempt of court at least four times, if not five. He's been sentenced, community uh-huh. service and fines, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's seeming like this never-ending, I don't know if and when, you know, that he'll just stop. Is it even possible for these people to just stop and when when we can go back to some sense of normalcy we've we've attained a pretty decent level of repose at this point in time um but you know there's still there's still ongoing issues and it just makes me wonder you know if how long these types of issues can endure um so if you are in a relationship with someone who is of that Nature, just be prepared for an extremely long and extremely expensive and extremely, you know, horrendous outcome, which is why you need to get your army, your quote-unquote, your friends. You need to get people who understand, who will just come over at 11 o'clock at night and spend the night if if you need someone to be with you or who you can go to their house if you need to have some time away from the elevated emotions. And even if you don't have someone who you can run to for spending the night, you need to be able to just call someone. So that's part of the reason why our friendship developed so strongly, Shireen, is when I was still going through this and feeling all of those extreme emotions, I would call you right then or text you, and you would call me immediately and be like, hey, girl, breathe. Here's what we do. We're going to go over to the Victims Advocacy Center, and here's what we do. We're going to do this. (laughs) um, Having that sisterhood, and with you too, Shireen, having that sisterhood with each other, just because when you're in a tizzy, you don't always know what's logical. Even in responding to text messages, sometimes you feel emotional and like, well, you're hurting me, and you respond out of a place of hurt or a place of anger, and it's, it's not a logical place to respond to, and then you look like the crazy one if you respond in that way because right, right. you're hurting. And so to have a sister say, well, you don't want to say that, you want to say this, you know, and it's just to run things by someone is imperative. And so sisterhood is, is how you get through this. People who have been through this who can walk with you. Yeah, and and we have really developed a bond over a, a lot of that for sure, because you totally needed you needed someone to help you breathe. I mean, it was you know I'd watch the kids and you'd go take off and do something, whatever it is you needed to do for sure. Because when you have small kids and you're a single mom like you are, I was there. I know how it feels. You need someone to just watch the kids while you go to the temple or when you go to do something just to get away for a bit. Those are times of extreme spiritual importance, extreme. You need that time to refocus on reality and to come back a balanced and focused person to move forward with the next logical steps. And so thank you. And thank you to all the sisters. And please, you know, develop your sisters and do do what it takes to find a friend who... And some of these things come organically you just run into each other and it's it's circumstantial but not only circumstantial but some of these things are you know divinely interve- you you run into each other you run into who you're supposed to run into in the times when you right. you can recognize it and 
um, latch on to each other and, and help each other through, you'll you'll get what you need in these times. So you just got to ask, and you'll receive. Yeah. You've got to ask. For sure. You've got to ask. Mm-hmm. Please ask. Yeah. So whoever's listening, whoever's listening right now, please ask and um, please just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I know it feels like a lot. I know you feel scared and you don't know which way is up a lot of times, but you need to ask and you will receive. Doubt not, fear not. Right. Right. And I agree with that 1,000%. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Doubt, not not doubting. <laughs> and I'll tell you, sometimes it gets really hard, you know, and things uh, <laughs> don't seem to be going your way for sure. For sure. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the conference. Uh, Yay. Yay, I know. It's coming up <laughs> in May, last week in May. Yeah, this year is going to be absolutely awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, since I got you on the phone, even on the radio, what is your talk going to be on this year? I'm sure you've discussed it with yourself. Well, you know, I've been mulling it back and forth on what would be the message to bring. I think the doubt not, fear not is really powerful, and that's the direction I'm leaning on how to obtain the doubt not if you're not because when you are in those situations it's um, not always clear cut so that's the direction I'm leaning it hasn't yet been solidified however it is going to be amazing and you should definitely come we're looking to promote healing education and prevention of domestic violence situations and if you have been through or if you know someone who's been through and you want to know more about these situations or um, if you want to know how to make your community stronger and what to look for and how to intervene in your own community, please come and um, come and learn and come and teach. And we can all learn and teach from each other and find your sisterhood here. Yeah. Yeah, it's for all communities for sure. And it's on it's educating, preventing, um, helping the healing process, What whatever it is that you're looking for. But most of all, one thing I really am looking for is people who don't understand abuse because that's where I was when I left my abuser. I, you know, I got hit. Of course I was beat, um, pretty badly, but, um, I, I didn't know what the psychological abuse was and I always made excuses for him. Shireen, I didn't know what the psychological abuse was either, and I would make excuses too and dismiss it. Yeah. And yeah. the reality is, is it takes time to recognize it for what it is. It right. takes time for me to have to run smack into the brick wall of reality. And because I was living in some pretend image of who he was, who he presented himself to me and to the world was not mm-hmm. who he really was. Right, And so to to understand that it takes time, it took me maybe two and a half years, three years to really understand it. And then after that ongoing, you know, stance against unacceptable behavior, and I under, I understand it takes a while to recognize it from what it is. Yeah. Um, also, we will have um, Grace Chumley. She'll be speaking on genetic depression. 
Um, I got a lot of feedback on that um, when she was on my radio show. As you know, she's my cousin. You know, I just, like, kick her a few times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, uh, Did you say she's every... your cousin? Yeah, she is. She's my cousin. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome, Sheree. Yeah, she's awesome. She's absolutely awesome. Yeah, in fact, I call her my dad's favorite daughter because my dad would always go, hey, Gracie's doing this and Gracie's doing that. And I'm like, that's wonderful, Dad. I mean, you know, I thought it was great. You know, at least it wasn't bothering me. No, I'm just kidding. I had a great dad. Um, Becky Taylor will be talking about victims abusing victims. Um She's not only well-educated in that area, but she also had a major experience this past year. So she's going to be discussing that. Um, Diana will be back again doing the art and healing. And um, I talked to Pictar, and Susie's going to be doing one on how to engage with men and boys in anti-violence education. So I really, I know. And then she's also going to talk about post-traumatic growth. Um, Sam Latui, um, who did ours on music last year, is going to do one on um, To Believe. So he has a a new educational thing that he works, he's been working on, and um, it is actually really good. It's about basically believing in yourself and how to find belief really. So it's going to be pretty good. Now, that being said, there are a lot that I'm not going to share with you because the fact um, they haven't confirmed what their topics are. So Ashley will be there. She'll be the first keynote speaker as she always is. Um, And um, I don't know what she's talking on yet. She hasn't told me, but it's whatever she's enjoying learning about right now. I'm sure, because she's absolutely amazing. Um, She's probably, uh, no offense to anyone listening, but probably my best speaker. I don't know how she does it. She's just freaking amazing. She's just so riveting. Everybody wants to just listen to her, you know. I really love Ashley Marklidge. She does a great job, and I'm happy to be having her back again this year. Yeah, I know. Well, and last year I said, so you're going to be uh, my keynote next year too, right? She goes, let's just keep it going. <laughs> I said, <was like>, great. <laughs> Which, um, because of our conference um, the first year, she got several um, speaking engagements because of that. And so I think that's wonderful. It's helped her in a lot of ways. So that's awesome. Go, Ashley. So that's it uh, well, that I'm going to discuss, but is there anything else that you want to uh, bring up about the conference? Um, no, I think we've covered a lot of ground. The details will yet to be announced and then posted on our website. We still have save.org as well as dvaconference.com. And that's yeah. D like domestic, V like violence, A like abuse, conference. Dot com and then we also yeah. have www.savve.org save.org you can learn more about our biographies there and then who we will be expecting when they confirm on what times and dates we'll be hosting the event yeah and it's going to be absolutely amazing it's going to be a great year uh probably our best year ever because um, prevention healing and education i love that yeah 
Much needed. Okay, Shireen, good work tonight. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Hey, I love you, and um, I will talk with you later, sweetie, because we got to get together anyway. Okay. Love you, too, okay. sister. Sounds good. We'll plan it. All right. Okay. Take care. Good night. Okay. Good night. Bye, everyone. Bye. Okay, I'm going to continue on. Um, we're going to do a service announcement right now, and then we'll be right back for closing. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that. Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. I want to thank Carolyn for sharing her experiences with her abuser's ex-wife. And uh, through the years, like I said, I've known Carolyn for five, six years, and um and we're really good friends. Uh, of course, she's the president of my nonprofit organization, Saving Abuse and Violence Victims Through Education. Um, I have been very impressed with her and um, and the other woman that she's really close with because of how they bonded, how they help each other, how they strengthen each other. She'll pick Carolyn up at the um, airport because Carolyn, unfortunately, has spent a lot of money on lawyers. Uh, going to California and doing all that uh, for on behalf of custody of her children that she wants them to be safe. So um, they, they're very, they have quite the sisterhood that I think is very, very impressive. And sometimes your abuser's ex could be your best friend as well. I want um, to remind everyone that our safe conference will be May 29th and 30th of this year. 2020 and to look forward to uh, our speakers I'm still solidifying some but I pretty much got most all of them uh, the uh, conference will be held at Tuacon in Ivins Utah and um, it'll be two all-day conferences so hope to see you there I want you to stay safe and please help those around you good night